Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Welcome, listeners, to If This Bar Could Talk. We are back in person after a very long time. We are at Mouton High with Theo Lentz. Theo, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So Mouton, I think everyone in, in Columbus knows what about Mouton, but for those who don't live in Columbus, tell us about Mouton, when it started and it, it sort of its history. Yeah, so I think we are actually one of the longest standing cocktail bars. Um, we've been here for a little over 11 years now. Um, we've always, you know, tried to serve some of the best craft cocktails in Columbus. Well, you do. Mission accomplished, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there have been some pretty, uh, I would say, local celebrity uh, bartenders that have gone through here. Um, I'm thinking of Logan Demi and Jillian Smith, just to, to name a couple. Um, so there have been quite a few big-name bartenders yeah. through here. So I just moved here two years ago. Um, I never really had the pleasure of working with Logan, but I've heard a lot of good things about him. Yeah, all true, all true. Um, so how long have you been bartending? I've been bartending for about eight years. Okay. Oh, wow. And where were you before? So I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, okay. The first bar that I ever worked in was a speakeasy. Um, it was called Fox Liquor Bar, and it was owned by Ashley Christensen. I don't know if anyone's familiar with her, but she was a James Beard-nominated chef. Mm. Um, she owned several different bars and restaurants in Raleigh. Uh, Beasley's Chicken and Honey was probably her most famous one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what brought you here? Uh, my ex actually got into OSU's vet program, and I liked it here enough. Um, I feel like the bar community in particular has been very welcoming to me. So how would you compare the bar community here to uh, North Carolina? In North Carolina, um, it was a little bit more male-dominated, and it was more competitive, whereas here I feel like, like I said, it's more of a community. Um, you know, whenever I run into other bartenders, it's more like we want to collaborate. Um, we send each other boomerangs, which is like uh, we package up a cocktail in like a container and... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we'll be like, hey, you're going to Rue? Oh, send this to Genevieve. Like, you know, I want her to try it kind of thing. So that's just been really fun and nice. Yeah, that's, that's good awesome. to hear. Yeah, I think that's not just the bartending industry. It's like all industry. That's just Columbus. Yeah, I, I have the to spirit, agree. Yeah. The spirit of the city itself. Mm -hmm. Well, we're so glad you decided to relocate because you have you make some amazing cocktails. Thank you. What's your creative process like? So it's actually... Um, different with every drink that I do some I come up with a name first and I'm like I come up with a concept around that name um for example I have a drink on the menu called macho macho man and I just wanted to do something <laughs> with matcha and I don't even love the flavor of matcha but um I just thought it would be a fun ingredient to work mm -hmm. with so that drink has uh bison grass infused vodka um matcha tea fresh green apple juice lime a little bit of sugar and then chinese five spice um, ice and what now 
It's bison grass infused vodka. I've never heard of that. What, is, what is it's that? Uh, it's called Zumbroska. So I didn't infuse the vodka itself, but uh, I got to try that vodka and I thought it was really unique. And I don't love working with vodka in particular because mm-hmm. it's just such a neutral, you mm-hmm. know, spirit. I don't find it like very fun or interesting Mm -hmm. but this particular spirit I was like you know there's actually a lot of like funky flavors in here Mm kind of grassy earthy that's what I felt like would go good with the matcha Hmm. interesting I've never heard of that ingredient no me either so then in your other things what how do you approach the creative part of creating a cocktail um so sometimes I will get an idea like I'll be sleeping and I'll just wake up and be like wow like coconut infused scotch sounds really good and I'll just you know do something like that and then uh, think of what other flavor profiles might go with coconut infused scotch Uh, some drinks that I make they they just come out perfect initially other times I have to do like 10 different variations of something to you know find the one that I feel like is really well balanced so when you have a dream and then you wake up and you actually make that cocktail who do you bounce those off of? Who's your taster? Um, a couple of my coworkers. Yeah, I mean, we have a very small staff here, so there's only four of us total, which is really nice, honestly. So, do your coworkers also get to have input on what goes on the menu? Yeah. So uh, most of the drinks are mine. Um, some of them have been like collaborations with me and another bartender, or. You know, I like to give my staff free range. Like, if they have ideas, I'm always open to them, and we can collaborate or, you know, again, with them, sometimes they get it right on the first try, and it's mm-hmm. really nice. Mm-hmm. So awesome. then do you guys just kind of stand around and taste and then say, oh, this needs a little more yeah. something mm-hmm. Or fun. this is ready to go on a menu. Or... Yeah. That's awesome. So currently on your cocktail board, you have a cocktail with beach shrub, I love a shrub, but shrubs, um, if they're not made right, can just taste like vinegar mm-hmm. with flavoring. How do you make the perfect shrub? Usually, depending on like what the herb or vegetable or fruit that you're putting into it, I think equal parts sugar and vinegar can be like a well balance. Mm-hmm. And also, depending on which kind of vinegar you use, obviously, like distilled white vinegar is going to be the strongest vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, I like champagne vinegar a lot. It's a lighter flavor almost a little bit like fruitier more like wine not so much of like a harsh vinegar taste to it mm. Mm. and then generally in the, in most cocktails how much of a shrub do you put in it not a whole lot um i like to cut shrubs with soda water because i feel like that kind of brings out the flavor and makes it not so much of a pungent vinegar flavor I would never do more than half an ounce. A lot of times I do like a quarter to a half ounce if there's not going to be a soda water in there. Mm-hmm. If I do soda water, maybe like three quarter to one ounce. Mm-hmm. So it's more than you would use bitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For okay. Sure. So you mentioned you don't love working with vodka because it's a neutral spirit. Is there a spirit that you prefer to work with over another? Yeah, gin's my favorite spirit. Why is that? There's so many. Um, botanicals that go into it you know so much work and I love you know I could pick out notes of juniper or coriander and someone else picks up like citrus peel or you know strawberry or any other kind of flavor there's just so many like herbs that go into it that and even each variety of gin is so different and unique in itself and I find that it's 
a mild enough flavor. It's not like overwhelming like a whiskey might be to some people. Mm-hmm. And I know some people have like, you know, bad memories of, oh, I took gin in college, I took mm-hmm. shots of gin, and now I can't stand it kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. well, maybe you never had a good gin. Yeah. And do you have a preferred style of gin? London Dry um, or American or... I can't say that I do. No. Yeah, I like it all. You just like it all. Mm-hmm. So when you're dreaming up a cocktail and you want it to be gin, there's so many different varieties of gin. Like, do you really have to think about which... Because I know, like, Vim and Petal is very different mm-hmm. than uh, Tangeray 10. Like, do you have to then decide what flavor profiles of the gin you want to... Yeah, I do. For example, like I put a cucumber martini on the menu and it has a cucumber shrub in it. And I use Hendrix with that one because, you know, Hendrix is known for being more like cucumber, rose, kind of light floral flavors. And I feel like, you know, that went well with the cucumber shrub versus I like to use Roku gin in more savory drinks. Um, I actually like to infuse rokujin with peppercorn because mm. I feel like it brings out more of the savory notes in it. Okay. So when you say you're infusing a spirit with peppercorns, does that mean you're just throwing a bunch of peppercorn in a bottle and leaving it for a while? Or Yeah, I do. Um, I like to experiment with all different kinds of infusions because you never know what you're going to get. Mm. Now, who? this is a privately owned bar, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. And so the, do the owners give you carte blanche on, on whatever you want to... Yeah, he's actually um, living in California right now. He's a nurse, and so he took a position out of state um, just to kind of see how it goes. And I pretty much have free range here, which, you know, I really value. I'm able to do whatever I want within reason, and he trusts me, and it's a really great relationship. That's awesome. And you are located in the heart of the short north in Columbus. Um, We've heard a lot recently about how it's been getting kind of violent down here at night. Have you experienced any issues with the late-night violence? Yeah, I have, actually. Um, This was about a year ago, but we had... um, you know, a homeless woman come in and I think she was strung out on some kind of drugs and she came in, just asked for a shot. Um, you know, we, we gave it to her, she paid for it. Then she started like lifting her shirt up, trying to show someone her tattoo. And this was actually when Jill was still in charge and Jill was like, you know, I'm sorry, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Like, please don't do that. Cause it got to the point where she was just walking around different tables and kind of like harassing people. Mm. Um, she got very upset, you know, was like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm not done with my shot or whatever. And we're like, okay, you know, that's fine. Like, we don't want to have to escalate the situation. And she's like, call the cops. I don't care. Call the cops. And we're like, we don't want to do that. So she ended up, like, picking up a bar stool, was chasing Jill around the building. We don't have a back door, so there was, like, nowhere for her to go. Oh she God. ended up... um throwing something against one of our lights the light shattered above a customer's table you know for me I was the one making the drinks at the time and I felt like the best thing for me to do was just to remain calm because if I started freaking out you know everybody else is going to start freaking out right and some people were getting scared and they were hiding behind the bar you know other people were just kind of laughing or like 
trying to get her to calm down, but it was it was a scary situation. And after that, you know, we did get pepper spray behind the bar because there are nights where I'm by myself, and sure. you know, it is it can be a little bit scary. A guest actually ended up, you know, escorting her essentially and getting her to go outside. Uh, we locked the doors, which you know, in terms we kind of had to hold people hostage because, like I said, there's no other way out. Mm-hmm. But we needed to make sure that we were safe. You know, everyone in here was safe. Our building was safe. She ended up, like, trying to pick up a city trash can. She got a scooter off the street and was, like, banging it heavily against our windows. Oh, my and, gosh. You know, it was scary. People were screaming. We didn't know how to react. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I had, like, another guy come in here and start asking people for money. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry you can't do that. And then, you know, he started calling me derogatory terms, yelling names and stuff. Eventually, he ended up just leaving. But Mm -hmm. there are definitely times where I'm like, this isn't good, and there's not really anybody that can help. Right. Like, that one incident, we tried calling the cops. You know, they're like, we only come when there's a weapon. Was there a gun? And we're like, this woman was a weapon. Like, her body and anything she could pick up was a weapon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We tried calling the Short North... um, Alliance, or I forget what it's mm-hmm. called, but you know they're supposed to be the person you call. Yeah, and they were like, we don't have anybody on duty right now. Um, we went down to Seesaw because they often have like a security guard there, mm-hmm. and they're like, we can't help. Like we're hired by this company to stay here, so it felt like we were really helpless. And even over an hour later, like multiple customers had called the cops you know employees called the cops no one came and we called hours later and we're like hey you know no one came and they're like oh well we assumed you know it's over with now and we're like well we want to just file a report for our damaged property so we can you know do an insurance claim that's so shitty and stupid it is how do you know maybe she did have a gun just didn't pull it out yet right you know i mean Mm -hmm. what are you supposed to pat people down when they're acting like maniacs yeah that that makes no sense Mm -hmm. to me i mean you would think that the cops would like be on that in here i know protecting especially in this area yeah in the evening that's i mean i never see them they know that that shit happens yeah Was, was that late night or was it no um I think it was a Saturday night and it was you know maybe 10 or 11 I mean it wasn't like two in the morning or right, something right. where you would like maybe expect more wild things to happen wow mm-hmm. I assume she hasn't been back she has she hasn't come in here but there that's another issue actually oftentimes I you know I'm coming in to open and it's like four o'clock and there's someone sleeping on our stoop mm-hmm. And she was actually sleeping on the stoop a couple of weeks ago, and I was, you know, scared. I was just like, you know, I don't want to have to deal with this. Um, She was very nice. She, you know, I was just like, hey, I'm, you know, getting ready to open. And she's like, oh, I apologize. Like, I thought you guys were shut down. And I'm like, you know, the building next to us is out of business at the moment. You know, you can go over there if you want, but, yeah, I've got to get open. She probably forgot the whole thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she had no idea. Wow. Yeah. But that's the thing, a lot of it, I think, is mental health, and there's no, mm-hmm. you know, solution or place for these people to go when they maybe need medication or just someone to talk to, and people probably don't treat them very well. Jeez. That's the part of uh, being a bartender that must really suck, is you've got you've to police your guests, sort right. of. I mean, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you're responsible for 
not over serving them and and protecting them against other crazy people like that. That's, right. That's a lot for people to have to take on. Yeah, and over serving someone is always a you know tricky situation because you don't want to offend someone and it's you have to word it just right because someone who has been drinking too much tends to get defensive yeah. and mm-hmm. think you're trying to call them out and mm-hmm. it's never a fun thing to have to do yeah so back to your menu how often do you change your menu we do it seasonally so yeah about four times a year so what do you do for winter time what's your winter is it more baking spice forward stuff or so I actually um love like you know shaken drinks with citrus so I try to always incorporate at least a couple of those because you know for me and a lot of other people like winter can often come with seasonal depression and I find drinking something like bright and light and uplifting kind of changes my mood a little bit Mm. obviously with it being cold out you know we do have two smoked drinks on the menu um we'll probably offer something hot like last year, I did a drink with uh, watershed barrel-aged gin, chartreuse, and Cointreau, and then it had hot chocolate and marshmallows on top of it. Oh, cool. Yeah, people really <laughs> loved that. Um, you know, we get people asking for hot toddies and stuff like that. We can always do that. Um, gingerbread. I did one last year with um, a spiced sweet potato infusion. It was like an old-fashioned with black walnut bitters. That went over really well. Mm. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, it's interesting that you, what you said about seasonal affective disorder, it's a real thing. Oh yeah, definitely here in Columbus where it's gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky today; it's a very sunny, beautiful Sunday. Yeah. But normally, it's gray and cold, and that's Shitty. really smart. I that's like the one that. thing I don't like about Columbus, yeah. honestly. Yeah, us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're both it's transplants as well. Even with the blinds, like you know, in the summer we open them like halfway until later on in the evening when the sun sets around eight or nine and now it's like well might as well just open them all the way because yeah. you know no sunlight's coming in here nope. right <laughs> right so are there any trends on the horizon that you know of like the smoking trend anything yeah um after watching um what is the master bartender show on netflix oh yeah i don't know the name of it but i know yeah you're well, I watched it. It was actually really good, more impressive than I thought it would be. Um, they refer to something that they call air a lot, and I think it's like foam on top of a drink that, you know, they're whipping certain ingredients. Um, they obviously have more ingredients than we have here because we don't have a kitchen, and I imagine a lot of other cocktail bars, you know, they don't either. Um, but I think we're moving towards more like gastro things with cocktails um a lot of people are using citric acid malic acid all different kinds of acids to create what they call um super citrus i think it's called but instead of using citrus you know lemons and limes are getting expensive people are creating citrus juice essentially with acid and the peels of limes or lemons I personally don't think I love that. Maybe I'm just old school and, you know, Mm -hmm. I prefer the taste of fresh citrus. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. always still an interesting concept to see what other people are working on. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. How did you learn to be a bartender? 
So I went to culinary school for a while. I ended up getting a degree in hospitality management just because I, you know, I do want to open up my own bar eventually. So I felt like that would benefit me more in the long run. Um, but I've managed, I managed a crepe shop for five years. I was a barista for five years or longer than that, actually. I worked at a bakery slash coffee shop during the day that turned into like a dessert bar slash cocktail bar at night and so um, I worked during the day and I was just looking at all the different liquor bottles because it was very slow and I was bored and I was like this sounds interesting and then I heard about bar smarts the course you can take online to like learn more about spirits and just kind of get your foot in the door so I did that and I started educating myself essentially and then Fox Liquor Bar, the place that I started bartending at, was across the street and I ended up getting a job there and it was a very prestigious bar at the time. So I started out bar backing and then I became a server and then I became a bartender but the process was very intense. Um, you know, there was someone like the person who trained me, who I considered my mentor for years, like I learned so much from him, you know, they would stand over you really and be like, you're not stirring that long enough. You didn't crack that ice. You know, they wanted your jigger to be like filled up to the T where like, if you move the wrong way, it's going to pour over. And a lot of those things have stuck with me because there is a science to it. You know, there's formulas you can stick to like classic structures like daiquiri, negroni, you know, old-fashioned Manhattan, um, sour structure. Mm -hmm. And so I stick to these structures and then just do different variations off of them. And you can get creative and still know that your cocktail is going to be well-balanced. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Do we want to break here and have her make us a cocktail? Sure, if you want to. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Do you want to look at the menu and see what you think sounds good? Yeah, yeah, let's sure. do that. Let's see here. So you got it. Original cocktails first. We definitely want to do an original, and then you've got it. So they're technically all original. I thought it would be fun this time to break the menu up into, um, you know, originals that can be off the wall or whatever we want them to be, and then our take on classics. Because you know, I understand there's. It's important to have drinks that are familiar to people that they feel comfortable with that they've maybe had before, but I kind of wanted to take those and make people branch out a little bit further, and it can still be like a familiar flavor or concept, but just elevating it a little bit. Very cool. So uh, I see you have non-alcoholic drinks as well. Are those fun to, to develop? or They are, yeah. I actually... Um, one of my best friends doesn't drink alcohol and you know she's always she's kind of my inspiration in some senses because I want to be able to create drinks for her and everybody else who you know doesn't partake in alcohol and I want people to come here and feel like it's a welcome place for everybody and we're putting just as much thought and time and effort into their drink as we are anyone else's drink that's cool I like that yeah and, I mean, I love alcohol, but sometimes I just don't feel like right, an same. alcoholic drink. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you want it for whatever reason. Someone may be I, pregnant and not want their friends to know. Right. Or, you know, recovering or just not – or be a designated driver or whatever the case is. Yeah. And it's great to have those on the menu 
because I feel like people feel like they can't go to a bar if they mm-hmm. don't drink. Exactly. And that's a bummer because, yeah. you know, everybody wants to be social. And it's more than just, like, a ginger ale with, you know, lime juice or whatever. Right. Like, I do put a lot of time and effort into creating these syrups. Very cool. I think I'm going to try the Puff Daddy, which is Vita Mezcal, Ancho Reyes, Verde, Lemon, Sweet Corn, and Popcorn. That's a really fun drink, yeah. Sounds fun. I love popcorn. I think I'll try the Fungi Fashion. Yeah, sure. Matches my shirt. <laughs> yes, it does. Fungi. Oh, fungi. Fungi, fungi. Uh, so the Fungi Fashion has shiitake mushroom-infused baller whiskey, sherry, sage, maple, and black walnut bitters. Really interesting. part of this drink I'm actually out of at the moment so it usually comes with a popcorn ball and it looks like a brain on the puffer fish <laughs> mug but you know That's it's so cute where do you find things like this on the internet okay yeah very cool cheers cheers thank you yeah oh man that is so good thank you so, so flavorful thank you. oh yeah but the great thing is I can still taste the mezcal. Mm-hmm. It's not hiding behind ingredients. Right. It's just like the star of the show. Mm. So this good. is deep. You would love that. The mushroom does come out. I didn't know that it would. So much. the whiskey itself actually tastes like mushrooms to me. It has a very umami flavor, and that's what gave me the idea to, you know, elevate that flavor and make it taste even more like right, mommy and right. that was um the thought process behind that cocktail and then i was thinking like you know what would go with mushroom flavors and that's where i got the maple the black walnut the sage especially mm-hmm. that's amazing that's thank so you good. that is a very very tasty cocktail well done lady thanks can you talk a little bit about the food that you have yeah um so we just brought charcuterie and cheese boards back, um, and then we have snacks like almonds, corn nuts, olives, parmesan crisps. Um, I know we've done different food options in the past. People have been asking us to bring back the charcuterie plate. It's just three different cheeses and meats, and then a little bit of olives on the plate, some crackers and breadsticks. I love a good charcuterie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to ask? I was going to ask... Um, the ice is clear. Mm-hmm. Are you making your own here? Or are we you do, it? yeah. We do make it. Which is a tedious process in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Logan, actually, that came up with this insulated um, mechanism, basically. So there's a tray that has holes in it that drains all of the... Because the um, impurities in ice will you know, float down to the bottom. So we basically take that layer off. We're still using molds. Um, but we have to take like the whole container out and then let it defrost. And it's kind of a mix between molds and carving the ice because we do have to, you know, take the bottom layer of it off and form the cubes that way. Who, um, in, in the bartending industry, who inspired you? Hmm, good question. 
now I, I think I am inspired by the Drink Masters show because there were a lot of talented bartenders on there before this. Um, I can't say like any particular people. Um, I do subscribe to the Imbibe magazine just to kind of keep up with, you know, what's going on. Um, there's obviously like really good books. A few of the books by Death and Company I've really loved and have read. I think those are my favorite books. Uh, the Aviary in Chicago. I just went there for the first time uh, for my birthday in July. But, you know, cool they were, space, right? yeah, I followed them for years and that was a cool experience. So I'm going to share this because our listeners don't know and you don't know. I actually wrote a uh, pilot for a TV show hmm. called Behind the Stick. And it's almost exactly like the show on Netflix. Yeah. And so I did copyright it and I registered it with the Screenwriters Guild of America. So when we watched the show, I was like oh my god this is my show yeah except that my show actually has more of a history component to it mm -hmm. um, it talks more about the history of the spirits and the cocktails themselves so I was like I'm not sure what I should do so I called my lawyer and as it turns out it doesn't matter that I copyrighted the script the only recourse that I would have is if I could prove that they stole it from me which mm. they didn't steal it from right. me you know, everybody has an idea of it Anyway, yeah, I'll probably still make my show at some point. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, we we rehearsed down at uh, Harvest in Clintonville. We mm -hmm. had a cast. We had bartenders. We had judges. <laughs> we just couldn't afford to make. Yeah, we the just couldn't yeah. afford to make the pilot. So yeah. that actually brings up an interesting topic for me. Um, you know, plagiarism in general, just like where you draw the line with that and like how do you know if someone's copying your cocktail or your ingredients because like something that I thought was super unique you know a bar down the street is doing and I'm like is it a coincidence or yeah. is it yeah. like oh wow yeah I just always found that concept mm -hmm. interesting yeah it's hard because as uh you know I look at it as a creative person yeah you know I'm a designer so you start seeing your shit around town and you're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> that was mine <laughs> or like I um managed at a place the last place I managed in Raleigh I had the owner contact me and be like hey what I, I want your recipes for this I'm putting it back on the menu and I was like you know I'm sorry but I feel like those are my that's my art I might want to use it here you know I might want to publish it somewhere like those are my that's my intellectual property basically yeah. and she got very upset and, like, threatened to call a lawyer and was like, well, it's my bar, you know, I can do whatever I want. And I'm like, okay, great. But it ended up, like, destroying the relationship with yeah. me and this bar owner, yeah. and I thought that we were friends. Because the bar owner would think that they employed you while right. you were creating that. So mm. that's, a, that's a tough call. Yeah, there's no real, you know, rules or guidelines when it comes to stuff like that yeah yeah but I think it's just important to give people credit where yeah. it's due you know right. like I've always admired menus that are like have the name of the bartender underneath that yeah. created mm -hmm. this recipe mm -hmm. or you know just giving credit to chefs and mm -hmm. bartenders and the people who are creating the things that people really love instead of the owner who's just kind of sitting back and making money off of it yeah, yeah. right 
But then there's like, like we published a cocktail book mm-hmm. during uh, COVID, and it was all of our fan favorite cocktails. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's that too. Like, I mean, we did give all the proceeds to the bartenders in the book, and we yeah. did recognize them in the book. Well, when oh, you asked them definitely. for the recipes, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Um, and credited them. Yeah, you're not saying, like, yeah. I wrote this book. Yeah, there's a big difference right. between highlighting someone mm-hmm. in their work and, and, and just ripping them off. Ripping Which them makes off. those people <laughs> feel proud, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're like, wow, look at this. You know, I'm in this I'm book. In book. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do a volume two very soon. Yeah. <laughs> so is there any story, you told us the scary stories. Are there any, um, throughout your history as a bartender, just some really great story, something that just stuck with you. Made no, you laugh or made you cringe or whatever. Yeah, nothing I can think of like that sticks out majorly. Just something that I really enjoy is, you know, when I'm behind the bar and I'm not out on the floor and I'm not the person like talking to people. Um, my staff is really supportive and you know someone will be like wow this drink is really awesome and then you know they'll be like oh Theo made that and like vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um but I overhear people saying, you know, all the time, this is the best drink I've ever had. And that makes me feel so good. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Highest compliment. Yeah. Yeah. When you're building a cocktail and your guests are asking you questions, have you ever, like, mismeasured or forgotten? Or are you just so, like, used to it? Yeah, um... I mean, you know, I can get distracted when I'm talking to somebody or thinking about something else, but I will say I'm pretty precise and I can tell just by the way a drink looks, you know, oh, I forgot the matcha, it's not super green, it must be missing something, it's, you know, it's not red, it's missing this ingredient kind of thing, Um, and I'm big on straw testing. If I'm questioning, you know, anything, if it doesn't look right, I'll straw test it, and I just do that occasionally, even every time I make a new syrup, I'll pour a little bit of it in a glass just to make sure you know it's consistent and it tastes the way it did yesterday like a chef mm-hmm. they wouldn't serve you food without yeah i think that's important it. yeah very yeah that's cool. huge mm-hmm. so if you own your own bar is there something that you would do differently than the ownership that you've been involved with in your career today? yeah um Well, that's one of the reasons that I do love working here because the owner is, you know, he gives me complete free range because he realizes, you know, we're the people who are creating the menu, so we should be able to do it however we want. Um, But I try to lead by example with management style, and I think, you know, that's why my staff respects me and why they've been here for so long, even though it may not be the best-paying job because we have nights where we are really slow. Um, I... I've worked for people who are never present. I've worked for people who micromanage, and I like to, you know, I'll be in the bathroom unclogging the toilet on a Saturday night because that's what needs to be done, and I would never ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself, Mm -hmm. and I think that's important. Oh, well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Theo, can you tell us what the hours are here and if you have a happy hour? Yeah, um, so we open at 5, Wednesday through Sunday. We do happy hour from 5 to 6, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all day on Sunday. So it's $10 for all of our take-on classics, which is an amazing deal. I mean, yeah, yeah, we have, you know, 
smoked old fashioned, like all kinds of things on there that are a really good deal. Where can people follow you? Instagram? Yeah, or? me personally. Yeah. Um, so I actually have my own Instagram that's based off of, you know, the craft cocktails that I make and it's underscore apothecary underscore NC. Do you love being a bartender? I can't imagine doing anything else, honestly. I love to hear that. Yeah, there's so many elements about it that yeah. I love. Very cool. Well, Theo, it's been a blast getting to know you. Thanks, same. Thanks so much for being on our podcast and uh, listeners, get to Mouton, get well, all their Jeez, cocktails are fabulous. <laughs> they're they're just so wonderful and thoughtful and uh, just well executed. And um, and remember to tip thirty percent, not twenty percent. That's so old, right? Yeah, I love yeah. that. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Theo. Yeah, thank Cheers. you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise, and if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. This has been a Last Call Productions production.